All right, so, welcome. Whoa. <laughs> I'm in a perpetual state of waking up all the time. Uh, welcome to Late to the Party. I'm your host, Ben Schlofeld. This is a podcast where I talk to people about uh, cultural or otherwise phenoms, moments in history, things like that that they missed out on, a party that they are late to. and here, But they're here now, and that's what matters. So who's here now? we got Levi Smith. He's in the, the studio booth bedroom thing. Levi, would care to say a thing or two about yourself? Introduce yourself. Uh, my name is Levi Smith. Um, I'm a good friend of Ben's. <laughs> you can follow me on Instagram at Levi Comics at Insta. Dot, uh, I don't know the. It's just you can say just just, just people search Levi Comics on Instagram. Instagram. Uh, if they find this podcast, they can find Instagram. Right. I got information about whatever projects I'm working on there. So. Perfect. And there are some very fun doodles on yeah. Levi Comics. Yeah, um, if you like doodles that are done by somebody at like two in the morning, then See, I always think I always thought you just did them at work because you were bored. No, I used to, but um, you know, I haven't worked a job where I've been able to do that in a while, so uh I gotta do it on my own time now, unfortunately. No, so sad for Levi. Anywho. Um so yeah, Levi Smith, thank you for joining me. <clears throat> we're gonna be talking about Cowboy Bebop this afternoon. So um, Cowboy Bebop was an animated series that aired in Japan first in 1998 from April to June, but only partially due to its adult-themed content. The full series wouldn't be released until the summer of 1999. Most Americans got their first chance to see the show in 2001 when it became the first quote-unquote anime to appear on Cartoon Network's Adult Swim. Creator, now I'm going to... Shin... Shininchiro, 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 Wonton B. Um, wanton, I know I say Wonton B. Uh, described the show as 80% serious story, 20% humor, humorous touch. The show went on to be commercial and critical success, and it is cited, I spelled that wrong, as many, especially Western critics, to be the greatest anime series of all time. Many call it a gateway into the genre as well. Uh, gateway as a uh, genre as an anime. What I'm talking about. Uh, Miguel Douglas, describing the series' style in a review, said that the series distinctly establishes itself outside the realm of conventional Japanese animation and instead chooses to forge its own path with a setting within wait, with a setting within the realm of science fiction. The series wisely offers a world that seems entirely realistic considering our present time free from many of the elements that occupy science fiction in general. Whether that be space aliens, giant robots, or laser guns, the series delegates itself towards presenting a world that is quite similar to our own, albeit showcasing some technological advances. Certainly not as pristine a future as we see in other series or films, Cowboy Bebop describe, decides to deliver a future that closely reflects that of our own time. This aspect of familiar familiarity does want does want does wonders does wonders in terms of relating to the viewers and its present and its present presence oh and it Jesus oh we yeah and it presents a world that certainly resembles our very own end quote um, all this is from Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, I was as, gonna say, did you write this all yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I didn't, well, I didn't copy and paste it, but I did type it all out. But it is all from Wikipedia. If you want to learn more, um, I just go to Wikipedia for all of my information for all these podcasts um, because it's not so much about the research; it's about the it's about the the guests' uh, experience with sure, the topic. Sure, but anyway, sure. so um, so Levi, 
We yes. know a little, little bit about Cowboy Bebop. The Cowboy Bebop. Uh, how did you miss Cowboy Bebop? And uh, yeah, how'd you miss Cowboy Bebop? You know, I'm, to be honest, I'm not really sure how I missed it um, because, well, I guess I should say that I've, I've had kind of a lifelong obsession with animation. Mm-hmm. I refer to myself as a cartoon hipster <laughs> because I know next to nothing about the animation process, but I make it my business to know about uh, cartoons and as wide a, a, a variety of animated projects as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, and growing up, uh, there was kind of a, in the in the mid '90s, there was kind of a Japanese invasion happening on Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah, like uh, Dragon Ball Z, Sailor Dragon Ball Moon, Z was a big one. Pokemon, for me. Pokemon, Digimon. Digimon. Uh, there were some other ones I watched. That, Metabots. Did you ever watch Metabots? I, didn't, I did not. Oh, I watched. I watched a show called Tenchi Muyo. Oh yeah, Tenchi Muyo. I've, I've heard of it. Uh, Inuyasha. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, that was Adult Swim, I think. Oh, I don't know. Well, anyway, in there the was 90s, a big boom of, of there was a big boom, and that was probably the two thousands in the U.S. Yeah, show. yeah. Um, and uh, I, I fell into it for like a year. It was like all I watched. Dragon Ball Z was my favorite show. I had Dragon Ball Z comforters and pillowcases. <laughs> um, and uh, around the time Adult Swim started, uh, I was I was kind of it was like. I've been watching Adult Swim since literally the first night it aired. I remember having my dad VHS it for me. Uh, I was in sixth grade. And I was just, right. Yeah, I was in that age where I was like, I, I'm still really into animation, but I would like more things like Simpsons and Family Guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's. I'm not really sure how uh, Cowboy Bebop, which was Adult Swim's premiere anime, yeah. was something I missed. I think I just kind of associated it with this time in my life where I was younger, when I had Dragon Ball Z comforters, and uh, so you're looking for something adult, but seemed, not quite that adult. Did it, it just seem too adult. It seemed slightly infantile to me. <laughs> it's it, I didn't watch it, so I didn't know. But I associated it with that that's time in my so, life. That's so strange. Like the, the prob- DBZ. Oh, because you associated it with Dragon Ball Z and other shows it, I watched then. Uh, okay, okay, okay. I it, think you, it was kind you, of. You I was like, I want more adult together. stuff. I want home movies. That's that's what adults oh, watch. Um, uh. <laughs> And also, I think there was just no interest in it where I lived. I'm from rural Iowa, yeah. and I, I my no one was graduating to class you. was like sixty some people, and no one was talking about. And they were all Bebop. talking about H. John Benjamin and home movies. They, they weren't, loved... but they were they were open to shows like that. You know what I mean? People like shows like Futurama and yeah. you know Family Guy. So I could connect to other people that were around me based on my appreciation for that kind of series. But nobody really cared about anime, and probably there was a pretty heavy negative stigma attached to it at the time as well. So you thought it would, you, people would think what, what, that you'd be nerdy or a pariah, like if you were that if you were the anime kid at school. I just think I just think maybe if I had met someone who had told me a little bit more about it face to face, I probably would have checked it out. But because that did not exist for me at the time, and I had no desire to seek out more about it um it just kind of missed me and then subsequently all of the great anime that came to adult swim i kind of slept on unfortunately so it, you that's that's interesting to me um because i was talking to a, somebody last night about about uh like indie music and uh how there's when your surroundings like your, the atmosphere you grow up in doesn't incentivize you to to branch out to look at other things you're just not going to. Mm-hmm. And it's not until 
like <laughs> i don't know like if you met this cute girl after college like you like anime i kind of forgot about it. i should get back into anime so i can talk to this cute girl about it not that saying that's what happened right. but like or or all your friends are talking about it, so you seek it out because i you're and you know i've never really been the type to just sort of uh be like pack mentality with with mm-hmm. the media i consume i actually maybe quite the opposite uh, I'm tired of people telling me that I should watch Game of Thrones because everyone else is watching it. Sure. Which is the primary argument I hear. Like, we're all into it, Levi. Why, where are you? And I'm like, I, this show doesn't seem that interesting to me. Mm-hmm. If you guys are into it, that's cool. But I have never been one to get into a show because I want to... Not hopping on that bandwagon. No, I, I would rather be the guy who knows about stuff that nobody else does. <laughs> and, then yeah. it, and then I can be like, oh, you think that show's great? You should check out this thing that you don't know about. Mm-hmm. We talk, So, yeah, we were talking about that, too. Like this, uh, you, you like to... And this is not a criticism at all, but it, we identify ourselves based on how, we, how different we are from other people. How we, like... I know who I am because I know that I'm not you in this regard. Like you like Game of Thrones. Sorry, I'm trying to explain myself in a way. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's always of of asserting our individuality. It's almost like some TV shows are kind of like sports for people, mm-hmm. and I have never enjoyed watching sports. Well, it's it's. I think you've never had a water cooler job, and I think a lot of people watch those things. Sports. Uh, Game of Thrones, when Stranger Things blew up, going out to see Hamilton. Mm. Um, I, be- I still have not seen Hamilton, and that's that's you know, whatever. Um, uh, but these are things that I've only been working in an office for a couple of years now. And these are all water cooler kind of conversations. People like to talk. It's, it's a way of connecting <laughs> it's with people. It's interesting that you mentioned that because when I worked at um, Groupon customer service, I feel like I didn't really make friends that were in my immediate circle. Probably because they were all talking about things that you didn't care about. Yeah, there was literally one person I was friends with who worked on the other side of the office who was really into obscure comics. And, like, (laughs) I was learning shit from him, so I wanted to talk to him. Everyone else was kind of talking about... The Cubs. The Cubs or, you know, whatever TV show was popular at the time. Yeah, and and that's... I agree that that can be really boring because... Well, we're all talking about it. Why do we need to talk about it? If everybody agrees then why are we talking about it? But that's that's because I don't care about being friends with some of these people. And a lot of people do care about making a lot of... And then, again, not a judgment thing. People like to connect with other people. And it may be professionally or just they they seek that. They yearn for it. That's all well and good. I, just, I tend to like, oh, okay, okay. I, I have seen all of Game of Thrones, but I'm not going to talk to you about it. you know. Yeah. Um, and I have seen all of Stranger Things, but I'm not going to talk to you guys about it. I'll just... You, I'll hear you talking about it. Maybe you'll ask me a question. And I'll say, oh, yeah, that's fine. And I'll walk away. <laughs> right. Because I don't want to engage. But that's... Anyhow. So you avoided Bebop because you thought it at the time to... You associate with, with infantile... Uh, maybe infant, you, I think you did say... I didn't infantile. say the word infantile. Maybe that's I'm not regretting what you meant. it because I feel like it's a little bit harsh. But yeah, I kind of just associated well, that, it you with... You were a kid. You were 12 years old. Like... Maybe, or, or 13, 13, 14. 14. I literally remember watching, uh, I think uh, on Adult Swim on Saturday nights, they had a lineup that was like the boondocks and then something else. And then uh, two hours of anime. And I would uh, watch, if I was home, I would watch the boondocks. And then Good I would show. say, I don't care about these other shows. Um, and man, that's, that's the, 
I, and I, I think so, another thing about it is it's it was a pre-internet age, and animes are yeah. much more heavily serialized than shows like The Boondocks. Mm-hmm. If I missed a week of that show, I could come back to it and still enjoy the next episode. Yeah, there's it, there's a usually a through line for most anime right. shows, and sometimes they don't have that previously on Inuyasha. Um, because because a lot of those shows have very long convoluted arcs. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, I, I also I've heard a lot of those shows uh, eventually they'll make episodes they'll reach that point where they've made episodes faster than the manga can be written, and oh, then yeah. all of a sudden well, they're milking infamously time. What happened with Dragon Ball yeah. Z is so they heard. ran out of story, so there were like entire like four or five episode chunks where they were just drawing out a battle, waiting for, <laughs> for the, 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 the manga the... to be released, yeah. which is nuts. Um, but yeah, hey, that's, that happened. Um, oh, what was I saying? That, but so that that's okay. I think you shouldn't judge your your fourteen year fourteen year old self for thinking something was dumb because you're fourteen and you know whatever. Um, you've grown since then, sure. Um, so you avoided it then, uh, but you were big into animation and you're big into animation throughout high school and college. Is there a reason you did you continue to avoid Bebop because you associated it with? DBZ Dragon Ball Z. I think as time went on, I, I wasn't really avoiding it. It was just I was not making time for it. I think eventually, like especially when I went to college and I started meeting more people, um, I started to understand, you know, Cowboy Bebop's reputation. I started hearing about other animes that were supposedly really good, um, and I just I didn't I didn't make time for them. I had uh, school work that I had to do and. You know, I'm also a huge film geek. Yeah, you had to watch your Tartofsky movies. Right, <laughs> right. I mean, I'm kind of more into that stuff than I am animation, so it kind of took precedence over that stuff, especially because one of my majors was cinema and comparative yeah. literature, so I had to watch movies and write, you know, essays about them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, so it, you, you which, got put on a which, very... Which, by the way, I think uh, eventually, when I eventually did watch Cowboy Bebop, that education helped me appreciate the series so much more. I think taking any one style and genre class and then watching a show like Bebop, you you develop an immediate appreciation for the pastiche, uh, the, the the collection and, the, and the, the, the blurring of generic lines that a show like that does and how well it does it mm-hmm. and how fun it is. Because yeah. um, it kind of takes all of the best parts of a lot of genres, but it doesn't feel like it's it's doing that because they 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 know it's cool. Like I I, I, was, I was reading up. Wanton B designed Spike. He made Spike because he want like Spike's cool, right? And he knows that he's cool. Um, but for whatever reason, it doesn't feel uh, like a put on. I buy that Spike's. I, I, yeah, Spike is cool. He's a, he's a cool character. Not only in his Spike believes he's cool. Yeah, uh, he's but, nonchalant about everything. Yeah, and and but he, but it he, doesn't feel like he's but he doesn't feel like an asshole. Still, he, it, it's a sort of an apathetic. Distance. In one of the first episodes, it blew my mind. In the movie episode, I think Heavy Metal Queen. Yeah, sure. Um, there's that scene where he's like, "I'm about to do my floating act," yeah. and he like puts in earplugs and then goes. He and holds his breath, breath and, and goes, goes into out space. into space. Yeah, and he's not even like worried about it. Yeah. Um, I I always remembered. Um, there's a later episode where he's trying to. Uh, uh, there's some kid who really wants to learn how to fight like him, and he's saying, "You got to be like water." Water it flows with and ebbs, but also can uh, you know crash back at you the next second. It's all about flow and and th- things like that. When I was uh, you know fourteen, fifteen, like that's yeah, 
God, he just sounds so philosophic, but he also just kicks ass. And it, you know, it, yeah, his um, and that he only gets, and when he gets school, he still gets schooled too. Like uh, Perot Lefou kicks his butt a couple mm-hmm. times, and and of course he has the worst luck with women. Yeah, <laughs> which which endears him more. Like, yeah, he's still cool, but he's still flawed in a lot of ways. Yeah, you know, I, I was describing this show to my girlfriend, and uh, we I just shown her Guardians of the Galaxy because we, like, watched a bunch of these Marvel movies to see Infinity War. And when I described the premise, she was like, oh, so it's like an anime version of Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> and I was like, eh, kind of, yeah, except bit. Spike is... Not Star Lord. I made no. me think about how different those characters are. The, yeah, the the, the Star, crew. Like they are... both they both make mistakes, but unlike Star Lord, Spike is just kind of he's just kind of cool about it. Yeah, there's a there's a reserved quality, like because Star Lord is especially Chris, Chris Pratt's Star Lord is he's way emotional. Is, he's he's char- he's charming that way. He's he's like a a child. He's a boy. Right. right. He, um, he's stunted. Yeah. Whereas uh, Spike. Is Spike has a past. Yeah. He's an adult. He's mm. gone through some stuff, and he's never gonna be a boy again. Uh, I, th- I feel like that's. I was murdered thing. once by a woman. <laughs> you take women too lightly, my friend. On the contrary, see ya. That's in the first episode, like when he goes to see that. Uh, yeah. That old cod, like the Indian, uh, well, Native American. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, like he's like a, a seer. Right. Uh, the red-eyed coyote will peer at the zone of north in the far end of town. Um. Yeah, so Spike Spike has like he, there's this uh, uh, that he is he <laughs> thinks he's died like he's he's re- resurrected. There's there's he is sort of a I don't know, yeah he's more complex mm-hmm. in that regard, and that makes him. What am I trying to say here? There's know. a naivete to Star Lord, and Spike there, doesn't have that. I think and no I think that's I mean I don't know where you are going with it, but I'm to me sure. I think that's. Uh, evocative of the whole series is like a fascination with the past. Absolutely. Um, Spike, well, he's, and Faye, he's always Spike and Faye and Jet are all kind of running from their past, essentially. Absolutely. And even Ed seems like there's like another era of Ed's life mm-hmm. that's just totally in the past. Well, yeah, absolutely. Like they, because they, uh, Ed was at that, was, was an orphan. Right. And his, his father or her father, father. his, her father. I they, just say they. Yeah, they, they's, that's unclear. They's father. Um, uh, that pops up near the end of the series. Spoiler alert! Sorry, guys. Um, oh yeah, we, I don't know. I don't know. Spoilers. I don't. Uh, uh, watch the series. It's there's, really old. There, yeah, there's only 26 episodes. It's great. Watch if you're worried about us spoiling things. Watch it before you listen to this. Um, but I'm not gonna. Whatever. Uh, I'm not gonna care. We're gonna talk about the show a bit. Um, and uh, I. I I'm, I, yeah, I don't care about your delicate sensibilities. If you're everybody if you're, dies at the end. By yep, the way. Yep. Um, Horrible, and, ter- and Stewie Griffin did it. <laughs> he pops yes. in. Weird crossover. This was a, a Adult Swim insisted on this. Yeah. Family Guy was bringing in the ratings, so they wanted to f- shove them into every mm-hmm. other series they had. A la like when uh, George Lucas added CG stuff to, yeah. to Star Wars. This is the same kind of thing they just tossed in Stewie. Yeah, just Watanabe to get had no say in this. Mm-hmm. He's furious when he found out about it. But he he had given up the rights or something. So like it, but. Uh, you know, take your leave it. Uh, but anyway, so when <laughs> I'm just imagining one of those cowboy bebop bumpers for commercial break and having it say like "What the deuce" or something, <laughs> yeah. and then some Yoko Kano music on top of that. Yeah, uh, yeah, like in the corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Uh, watch the show, guys. Uh, so yeah, so what 
So you were it was absent because you were focused on school life, and other all that, media, yeah, all that stuff that maybe you hadn't had a chance to be exposed to before. What what made you come back? Not come back, but like try it for real this time. Um, or as we say, what what made you come to the party here on this podcast? I think just more having more free time to watch things as an adult. Um, and just making the deliberate decision that, uh, you know, I've missed a lot of, I, I, I met so many people that had told me about so many great anime series and I was like, I should watch some of them. Um, I think Fully Cooly was kind of Fully-cly. my, Fully Cooly, uh, <laughs> was, excuse me, kind of my entry point to that. Um, how long ago did you watch that? I think I watched that. I watched it at some point in college okay. and it's, I watched it cause it was only six episodes. It's really so, short and so I was like, messed up. And I, and I saw some of it on Adult Swim, and I was like, this looks, the animation looks spectacular. Oh, it was, yeah. Um, so I ended up watching all six episodes a couple of times and loving it. And so I was like, eventually I gotta, I gotta watch some of these other shows that I've been hearing are amazing. And Cowboy Bebop honestly just seemed like the most obvious place to start. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is the marijuana of anime. That's what everyone says. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, it, and for good reason, like, uh, it... It's it's certainly one of the, so I've I haven't watched much anime since high school. I watched a lot in high school, mm-hmm. um, like Evangelion. Uh, uh, I watched all actually. Uh, God, what was it? A lot of those robot. I didn't watch Gundam, but there was Escaflone. I watched. Big o. I didn't watch Big O. I watched all of Escaflone, which is kind of a sort of a Renaissance medieval style Gundam, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, Evangelion. Bebop. I watched a lot of Roroni Kenshin, uh, which doesn't hold up well. It was great when I was like 13 years old. But I watched Samurai X, which is what it's based on. It, yeah, he's got the cross-shaped scar on his cheek. He's a samurai. Sounds vaguely the, the two the, the two films, Trust and Betrayal, are, are great. The series that it's based on is wonderful for like nine, ten-year-olds. He, <laughs> so he's got, a, he's got a reverse blade samurai sword, so no one gets killed he just knocks them out real good <laughs> oh so it's like he, child play rules basically yeah he because he he killed so many people in his past life that he's uh. given up killing but he still but he, because he's one of the most notorious samurais in the in all of japan people challenge him and and like oh, we gotta beat kenshin you know, mm-hmm. uh, defeating you will show my strength but he's like he wants to avoid all that and live a peaceful life but he can't because of his of his past um, but that's how why he has that reverse blade sword. He still beats the crap out of people, but doesn't kill him. Kind of Batman-ish in that regard. Um, <laughs> like gets to have his cake and eat it too. In that in that sense. Um, but I watched like all of that. I got yeah, I watched a lot when I was a kid, and well, then I gave it up for college. Even though I hear like shows like Paprika is very good. Paprika, that's a movie. It's a movie. Oh, it's okay. a great film. That's right. Pre- I've yeah. actually seen. Um, you know, I think one thing I, I just skipped over in my memory is that I. Just, I spent more time watching anime films in college. Yeah, I watched um, a lot of like Miyazaki. Watched, every watch Miyazaki. Yeah, I've watched every Miyazaki film, probably almost every Studio Ghibli film, um, and just a bunch of other really great anime films. And I think that was that was part. I was you know I was more open to it because it's mm-hmm. a film. It's, yeah, it's, it's it's one experience. Yeah, you don't yeah. have to spend you know nights and nights watching. And much less episodes. of a commitment. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> I think that was part of it as well because I had heard that. Cowboy Bebop, the movie, is one of the essential anime films to watch. It's good. 
Um, so, you know, seeing the series seems like a necessary prerequisite, and that just became another reason to check out the series. Have you seen the film? Yeah. Yeah, I Yeah, it. I actually uh, saved the movie for after the series, even though chronologically... It's I, somewhere in the middle. It's somewhere in the middle. Yeah. But I, I recommend doing that way, doing it that way since the ending of the series... Real spoiler alert is is kind of a, a sour, unfortunate note. Yeah, but it, it's it feels like the only way. It's the a show, great ending. Yeah, don't it, get it's, me wrong. It's how it needed to end. But it's like the movie is almost like a after dinner mint, like mm-hmm. palette, uh, a palate cleanser yeah. for, for the series. I agree. I agree. And it's because it's 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 one of the most episodic things that even though it's a film, that, it feels like you could insert it anywhere yeah. after Ed shows up, mm-hmm. pretty much. And it's and it's uh, just fun. It's yeah. it's good fun. <laughs> Um, and doesn't end in the way the series does. So, uh, uh, but anyway, um, so you were watching, f- so, so Philly Klee got you, like, felt like that was what maybe inspired you to re, to, to look back into anime series is series is series. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you've, so you've since now watched all of Bebop, yeah, right? Right. What's, and what is your impression of the show? Like what's, I know we talked obviously we've talked about it a bit but like what what uh, you have any more impressions well, of the it's, show well it's interesting because uh at one of my jobs i worked at recently there were a lot of people that were really into anime that were uh probably around 5 to 6 years younger than me kind of a different generation of animation nerds and they might be technically be a different be a generation being, too yeah yeah you know um <laughs> And they, they had, uh, there was one person who was really into Cowboy Bebop, but a lot of the other people were like, well, you know, Samurai Shampoo, that's where it's at. Uh, somebody, one of them said Cowboy Bebop was old and it was from the 70s. Ah. I was like, it's not from the 70s. No, it's not. Um, they, 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 there's this mentality now, I think, with the younger generation that it, the show's a little bit overrated in the West, which is probably true. To some degree, well, um, if you're reading, if you're reading it, the blogs and stuff like that, I'm sure everybody it, it, talks about it. It just came; it was the first one that was popular here. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I, I watched it, and I think I watched a bunch of other anime TV shows after it, um, including some that are more contemporary that I love, like One Punch Man, which is probably my favorite. I've anime, heard of it. Probably my favorite anime series I've seen so far is One Punch Man, but Cowboy Bebop absolutely holds up. Um, if somebody, I, I. I Somebody today said it, they still considered it one of the best series, uh, the best anime series they've ever seen. I'm sure a lot of anime fans would roll their eyes and groan, but it seems like an acceptable choice. I almost feel like um, it's it's the most postmodern anime I've ever seen. Uh, I, I, what I always admired about it, and it's that, it's so oh. it, it's so early compared to a lot of the other ones I've seen. Yeah. What what I, I always admired about it, uh, so I, at the time when I was watching, because you're also watching, because things like Pokemon had come out before that, right. and for a lot of people, that's their that would be their first introduction to anime is mm-hmm. Pokemon or Sailor Moon or Dragon Ball Z, and those are so much more um, like the characters will break into those incredibly animated, weird, goofy faces, like giant mouth, eyes bugging and kooking around, and all those those like animated cartoony lumps on their heads for when they get bonked with yeah. something like something right out of Looney Tunes. Uh-huh. Um, but then they'll cut right back to like, Oh no, now I'm serious again. And that's not realistic. And, and not that that's bad, but like bebop never aside from Ed on occasion. And even then like Ed gets goofy, but the animation style rarely changes 
um, it's it's consistent and it still has a lot of those the essence of what makes anime anime like the 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 character dynamics because um, Ed Ed is totally a, a reference to what at the time I think like contemporary anime at the time where things are just, uh, off the wall on occasion hmm. but then offset with serious notes that is something i i noticed watching the series um i i was watching one of my favorite episodes mushroom samba yeah. the other mushroom night hunter. and i love the animation in that and I, it occurred to me that they just have more the the animators get to have more fun with ed than they do spike and Faye. yep everything everything with those characters feels a little bit more weighty Oh, absolutely! absolutely. Like the, their much movement. more much more dramatic. Not, oh, I didn't oh, mean a dramatic sure. sense. I mean the way it's animated. Um, whereas Ed feels more expressive and, and cartoony. Uh, some of the poses and the the movements. Oh, in like that the, episode. Ru- the the rubber band arms yeah. that Ed, Ed has. Yeah. Absolutely. And I I mean, as someone who grew up with stuff like you know Looney Tunes and Ren and Stimpy, that's especially my. Job. And I think it's why Ed uh, is so important for that show because it it it's still like. We're still an anime. We're still a cartoon. Because mm. otherwise, you know what? Why? Why make this a cartoon? If if not having would have car- been it would have been so expensive. Oh, I, I yeah. I, you know, but you know what I mean. Like right, right. the you have, you take advantage of the media. I don't you, think. Yeah, I, I. And Ed is of course the setting, the technology. Obviously, like you want to make this an animated show right. because it saves tons of money. But none of those things. All those things could be done live action, mm-hmm. aside from Ed and and maybe some stuff that Ayn does, um, and maybe like, no, even like the monkey care in like monkey business, the monkey mm-hmm. business episode, uh, well, Gateway Shuffle. That's in the episode. Like that can still be done with makeup. Like, but yeah, he saves money. But Ed shows like they're they still enjoy taking advantage of the medium that they are in. And like I said, I think it's, I think it's an homage to. Uh, to, to just animation in a sense and and also comic relief you know yeah. a, a pretty essential part of any uh narrative is we need to laugh sometimes right yeah yeah and i also thought it was really interesting how ed is uh kind of just play the character itself is just kind of playing with the notion of gender yeah, yeah. Ed does not seem to identify as a boy or a girl and doesn't mm-hmm. seem interested in figuring that out either yep. and that's really i mean for a show from the 90s i don't i don't know of uh and no character is ever like, what the fuck is with Ed? Is Ed a yeah. boy or a girl? That conversation never happens. Which shows an acceptance from the society that the character lives in, like that that gender is not as big of an issue yeah. as it as it is for us. Like we don't we need to like we need to know what you are so we know how to treat you. Mm-hmm. And people just treat Ed like Ed, regardless of knowing what the, what the sex is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think it's fun because all the other, well, like Faye is pretty hypersexualized, even though sure. she never has sex in the show. She is always pretty scantily clad. Like, hot. Yeah, she's they, always, they, they show off her movies mm, all the that's time. That's designed, and and I, I mean, and characters are mo- like it's a cartoon, so characters are buffer right. than they should be, and some and somehow Jet's bicep stays the same size as his other metal bicep. <laughs> Even though he's always starving. They're always <laughs> starving, starving in that show, and somehow Jet is always jacked. Yeah, he's a big guy. I don't uh, know where he's getting that protein, man. I mean, it's the future. Yeah, I guess. Injections or something like that. Um, but, and, and, and yes, characters are attractive, <laughs> unless they don't want them to be. Um, 
but that's the nature of of and i think it's as much marketing like you got to have a, a hot character mm. sells it to teenage boys sure. if, if they she's an interesting she's a well developed i mean i agree like she, I she's a fun well backstory developed, but yeah, yeah she, i mean you know em- emotionally and intellectually she's an interesting character absolutely and i and, I, and she speak and, like a child it's probably it's, one of the mm-hmm. best episodes and i th- what and, and that's what they do she uses she because we end up Finding out that she kind of uses her her sexuality, her beauty, as a sure. way of manipulating yeah. men. Because of course, it's not pointlessly thrown in. It's yeah. part of her character. Yeah. Um. And 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 she's as flawed as everybody else. Mm. Um. And as fun to watch as everybody else sure. because of those flaws. And um. And they're all very human. Um. And yeah, it, she's a she's a fun character. They're all fun characters. Like they all and they all have. We know more about Spike obviously than everybody else. Well, that's not obvious. If you watch the show, that's obvious. But Jack gets a gets a flashback. Yeah, episode. a couple. He gets a couple. He like gets a couple, uh, yeah. the, the oh, Mad Dog, Dog Blues, Mad Dog Breed. How he lost his arm. Yeah, and his previous relationship with uh, Ganymede. Uh, Ganymede elegy. Uh, was it elegy? Ganymede elegy. I don't Eulogy? remember. You would it, know more than I would probably. Um, it's a, another episode, like where he had a he had a lady back in the day. Right. right. I do remember that. Um, I remember him going Time to never stands still, or something. No, she's still alive. Remember? Or somebody's grave. I don't. Uh, know. I don't remember. I don't remember that episode very well. I have to be honest. Well, because he he goes. She's still like tending that bar on Ganymede, yeah. and he's got the old stopwatch. Okay. That's that's like I'll forget about you when the watch stops ticking, and somebody like time me. never stands still, and mm-hmm. she's dating some like low life. Uh, like he's he ended up killing his loan shark or something like that, trying to get out of it because like the bar is going out of business and he takes out a loan, can't pay it, and he ends up killing the loan shark and then he's on the run and that's how like uh, Spike and Jet find out about him, but they don't know that he's date. Sorry, <laughs> I remember this episode all right. Um, <laughs> anyway, that's not important. Uh, well, whatever. Uh, so we we're talking about your impressions of the show still. Um. Anything, anything, is there any other elements of it that make it um, distinct to you that are noteworthy to you? That well, we well uh, I mean, <clears throat> I, I talked about it being uh, a postmodern a second yeah. ago. If you want to throw more college words in there, <laughs> I, I really appreciate how there's kind of a meta narrative in that uh, the way it arranges tropes. It's, it's, it's a space series, yeah. but it harkens back to Westerns. Absolutely. Um, I mean, there's a lot of genres mixed in there, but I feel like space and cowboy westerns are mm-hmm. the two primary uh, bound, genres. Hunters in space. And it's similar to how the characters are all running from their past, yet unable to escape it. They're they're running from it, but they're also defined by it. Mm-hmm. Um, this this uh, humanity sort of like moving out into space kind of mirrors the the wild west. I mean. That's that's kind of my takeaway from the series. I, there's, I think there's definitely lots to take away from. There's so many existential, quant- like because the show deals a lot with uh, um, boredom too. Yeah, like that that life just keeps kind of happening. Mm-hmm. And what do you do when there's nothing to do? Um, they're not they're not moving towards a goal. Yeah, they're just running from things. Mm-hmm. And 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 some and that. Dis, you, and, and like because they have so much more space to do it in space, 
Um, but it, I, I think it also shows the, the the claustrophobic nature of trying to run from yourself that you can't. You can't. And they keep that. Yeah, that is certainly something that keeps coming up. Is that most all these people are they they got into bounty hunting because they didn't want to have a real job yeah. and a, and, a, and, a, and a, an existence that yeah. reminded them of who they were and they just keep running and but they're always there mm-hmm. and somehow their past always seems to keep Catching popping up back up yeah. um which is a life lesson for us all guys right. we got to deal with that baggage before we can move on you know yeah it's just going to it's just it's it's going to keep well, you, I mean, they can't. You, you uh, when Spike tries to deal with his baggage head on at the end of the series, <laughs> it ends up killing him. It's fun. I feel like he he, he kind of knew that too. Oh, absolutely. Just like, the second could... I confront this, it's the curtains for me. And and if and I that, think that that last episode is so bittersweet. I mean, when Faye is like upset that he wants to leave, mm-hmm. like she's finally found something in the present that she can latch on to. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily um, Spike, but I think it's she latches on to like. I think Faye maybe it's the idea of stability. Yeah, more than any kind of a makeshift family with these people. That that and more than anybody else, I think, uh, came to terms with her past Mm -hmm. more. Like I think more so than the other characters. Yeah, certainly more so than Spike. And I mean, Ed doesn't certainly doesn't even really. Well, uh, I think Ed is young. Yeah, Ed has a past, but Ed is the kid. Yeah, I mean, Um, and I think Jets never really there. So his problems are very real, but they're not. They, I don't think they define his his character as much. At, like he was, he was still the same guy before these things happened to him. He's always kind of been Jet, but I think the the events, the, the flashbacks we get about Jet are what motivated him to become a bounty hunter. Um, but Jet, I think, is always kind of. What am I trying to say? I I don't know if what you're trying to say, but I've always thought of him more as the parental figure. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, older. Yeah. He's got to be the rock in a sense. He has right. a past, but he can't be as flighty and as broken as yeah. Spike and Faye, or else where do they gravitate towards? They need a, a, a base of stability. I, I almost feel like he's been dealing with his own drama longer than they have. Yeah, and he's more accustomed He's got like it. his... Uh, Oh, what do you call it? He's got his gardens in the back. His, of the yeah, show. his bonsai trees. Yeah, 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 yeah. That he's always tending to. Yep. He's got his own way of kind of meditating. I think. Co- yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah, you for coping helping me out. with his, mm. his issues. Coping with humility. <laughs> no microwave cookery. Um, yeah, uh, agreed. So what we're gonna do right now, quick, um, is take a quick break, and we'll be right back to talk with Levi some more about all of this fun stuff. Chat out in the kitchen living room, got yeah, water, took we a... We started to get on topic, so maybe we should, should start recording move. again. Um, so, uh, Levi wants to talk, and I think, that, so this was would be um, 
talking about it being kind of postmodern and it being very self self referential to uh, the genres to which it owes its uh, its content. Uh-huh. Um, you want to talk about the music a bit? Yeah, and I think it's it. We've somehow kind of avoided talking much about the music, but I think the music is is it's an it, integral part of it. it certainly um, is. A, a lot of younger people that I, I've spoken to who prefer Shamari Shlamari Shlamper. They love. I mean, the hip hop soundtrack too. It is great, but I feel like. The, the the Cowboy Bebop score almost adds a new dimension to it because it doesn't seem to fit in the Western or science fiction genre. It's almost just like, I mean, it's like that quote that uh, Watanobe said, uh, the, the thing about it becoming something new. The work will become... Oh, know, yeah. Oh God! It's one of those buffers between, but like commercial breaks. He, he didn't like, even mean it. He was like, "This, this quote actually makes me sound pretentious." <laughs> I just didn't think anyone in America was ever going to see this show, <laughs> um, so I put it in there because it sounded cool. We have some like the work will be will become a new thing, thing onto, onto itself, itself or yeah. something like that. But yeah. that's, I mean, that that's accurate, and I feel like the music is an important part of that. Um, uh, you know, I love the Venture Brothers. That's mm-hmm. a, I'm a huge fan of that show, it's a good show. and. Uh, our, our friend Mark from college, mm-hmm. who's also a big Cowboy Bebop fan, I was showing his roommate the Venture Brothers, and I remember he—I don't know if he was familiar with it or not—but he kind of scoffed at the intro, which uh, of, of uh, JG, the intro to... JG Thurwell's intro, oh, okay. it's which a, is it's great music, it's great, it, it, yeah. And he was like, "They ripped off Cowboy Bebop," <laughs> and I was like, "What? Cowboy Bebop is is." It, ripping like well the thing is they're both they're both um referential they're yeah. both taking from the same genre of music yeah which is kind of like the space race era james jazz, bond jazz, jazz. Bebop. Yeah. Like, yeah yeah well i mean that's what bebop is. Right. it's uh, uh very angular uh jazz music it, it, it's uh jarring it's not supposed to be comfortable well it depends i mean i am not a bebop expert i've heard some bebop music and this and it's uh, usually improvisational and uh, uh, it's it's difficult. It can be very difficult for some people to listen to. And I know that it was it was counter to the smooth qualities of big band era jazz and even mm-hmm. some oh, of yeah. the, the Miles Davis. Like uh, I'm sure Miles Davis. I don't, nope, I'm not a jazz expert, but I know that bebop is uh, uh, it can be very jarring for people because yeah. it doesn't seem to fit the same kind of uh, construction and and, and uh, um, conventional ideas of what jazz was for a lot of people. But that's, um, that's Cowboy Bebop. It's right in the show. It's right in the title of the show. Yeah. It's Cowboy. Because like jazz and cowboys, which are... So another thing about this show that I like is that it takes two of, two of the most American things. <laughs> Which uh, and, is also and, probably why it's so popular. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it's popular in Japan, too, because, I mean, the Japanese do have a fascination with American culture. Sure. Uh, like, we have a like fascination, we have a, with, we have a fascination yeah. with Japanese culture, um, which is a, a fun relationship there. Um, but yeah, jazz music, cowboys, and, like, baseball are some of the, are like, I think when you, when people think of American culture, what the, the contribution of America to the world is definitely jazz and baseball and it's hard not to talk about Western movies, you know, like John Wayne and Gary Cooper and whatever, as being something that's very indicative of the United States. Yeah. Um, and they take these two things, among other things, and uh, it's filtered through a, 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 another culture's lens 
and synthesized into this show that is that is American but not American it's at all. It's interesting that you say through another culture's lens because um, I don't feel like it's commenting on any of these genres really. It I don't think so either. Them. This show yeah. loves science fiction. Mm-hmm. It loves you know one of my favorite episodes is uh, Toys in the Attic, yeah. which is it feels like Ridley Scott feels like Alien. It's, oh, absolutely. It's, I think it's a uh, I, yes. It's a it seems like a direct reference to to that film. Um, and I'm, I'm not saying like it, that they're like it's a, it's a satire or a commentary. When yeah, I mention it through a lens, it's like this is how we kind of view your the, the like you've you've given us this this media. We're inspired by it, and this is what we made, and and then we consume. It. It's like wow, it's it's American, but but not American. Yeah. Um, and that's what's I think that's a fun dialectic relationship that that we get to have with uh, all kinds of other cultures. They, they give us this or that, and we give them this, and we create things that are fun combinations of all kinds of uh, cultural references. Because it's still, it's still Jap- very Japanese, too, in, in a lot of regards. Sure. Um, and I think maybe that, because maybe it is just, oh, I don't know, I don't know. Well, it's also a post, you know, um, it's, 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 it exists in a world that's post- Borders, like yeah, the Earth yeah. is not a thing anymore. It's a globalization, and it, also in the show, the Earth is like it's like this wasteland. The, yeah, yeah. Like rocks are falling all the time. You mm-hmm. wouldn't actually want to live there. No one lives on. Well, they all pe- live underground there. Right? Poor people live on Earth, yeah. and they have to live above the surface. They have to deal with asteroids all the time. Yeah, or they live in. I guess like I feel like every time they go back to Earth, it's just Tijuana. They go to Tijuana <laughs> every time and nowhere else, um, because you know, in TJ, the Carnitas are out of this world. Yeah, I, I you know in a time where we're more inundated with uh, serialized TV shows than ever, I almost feel like we could use more shows like Cowboy Bebop that are willing to just play with so many different genres. With that, yeah, I mean, right from the get go. I mean, we were talking about how TV shows age. A lot of dramatic serialized TV shows tend to age badly because they just start repeating themselves. Yes. And I think one of the the things about Cowboy Bebop that is so liberating about it is that it's it's it doesn't have those kind of restrictive borders. You can have an episode that's like the movie Alien, and then you can have an episode like Mushroom Samba that is a western and a black exploitation movie. Yeah, yeah. They just pull from whatever genres they feel fit mm-hmm. the narrative. Um, and I, I feel like that's missing in TV today. I feel like a lot of TV shows just pick a direction to go in or a, a type of genre they want to do a play on and uh, just run it into the ground. And I think it also, the show had, maybe because it, I don't know, uh, it, it had the ability to take some chances. Uh, and But it, so it, I guess I've never felt that it, it is, it's, you know, racist or it's uh, sexist. I, maybe it is. And I haven't, I've, I've, so I haven't watched all of it in a long time hmm. and I don't know how well it ages in a, in a sort of, I don't know, progressive cultural way. Yeah. Um, but I feel like a lot of shows that are made anymore now have, are so worried about upsetting people. And I think that's, I, I'm not going to talk about how I'm, this is not an anti PC thing. I think we all need to be very considerate of people and audiences and, and that we need to be respectful and things like that. But I think the show still took chances and didn't disrespect people. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't think the, the show was afraid of appropriating other, other cultures. And I, I feel like in art, I don't think appropriation should necessarily be a dirty thing or a, something to avoid. I mean, I think a lot of the best filmmakers throughout history have just stolen 
from uh, films of other cultures. Well, you you always do. You 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 wouldn't. Something has to inspire you to do something, and sure. it's it, none of this stuff comes. We don't exist in vacuums. We you watch a Hitchcock movie, like oh, I really liked how he did this or this or this. Yeah. You watch a, a, a Scorsese film or a like well, you know whoever, and you you take little bits of what they do, and sure, people who are educate who like who are well read in those things are gonna like oh. Psh- he stole that from Spielberg, mm-hmm. but Spielberg stole it from Howard Hawk or John Hughes or something but, like you know, that, or, you also or John look at something Ford. Like um, you know, uh, you watch all the Kurosawa films, and it's obvious that Lucas took quite a bit from things like yeah. Hidden Fortress. Yeah, I mean, but you know what? Yeah. It's Star Wars. The first Star Wars is so unique and different from. Uh, it's not Hidden, Hidden Fortress. Fortress. It's, it's not. It, there are elements of it in that movie that are smartly kind of remixed into its own thing. And I, I guess that's what I mean when I say I wish I had there was more of that. I feel like in a TV show today, if you're going to incorporate multiple types of uh, uh, genres or cultures into one show, there would be this concern about having a writer in the writer room from every culture and having every culture represented respectfully. And, you know, that's that's fine if you want to focus on that culture. But Cowboy Bebop is almost like it's almost like they just want to take the kind of stylistic, superficial elements from yeah. different genres. And, and, and I wish there was more of that. Oh, because because so the, the I think how they can do that is they're not none of the episodes. It's so like mushrooms. I, I know you're talking about mushroom saba. There's there's like two or three very black like Afro seventies mm. yeah, shaft esque like, like from Jackie Brown. Yeah. Or yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Pam Greer era, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, was it coffee, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, they're cool characters. They're fun characters, but they're not making a commentary on them. It's like, they're yeah. just, they're just taking, they're just, there, they're just taking these characters that exist, that exist in these films already. And they would toss them into this, uh, into this, th- their narrative, which is a lot about mushroom hunting, and yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, it's kind of like it's it, they're not playing on a negative stereotype or a, a small-minded idea of mm-hmm. what those movies are. They're just you see that uh, that female character in Mushroom Sum, and you're like, oh yeah, it's Pam Greer from like Coffee or whatever. Yeah, ex- um, it's like shorthand. You kind mm-hmm. of know about who this person is before they've even said anything. Yeah, and 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 I don't, I don't, I I, I can't speak for you know black culture saying like it doesn't doesn't offend me but i don't i don't know if it i mean and i don't know if it, they can get away I'm like, i don't want to talk about getting away with this how they get away with that um that that they do that with everything in that show it, mm-hmm. like yeah exactly because you can make exclusive this exclusive to one culture yeah. they're just uh just taking whatever they want from whatever mm-hmm. they're not again like you said they're not trying to make any commentary they're not trying to they're speak not satirized. About these they're not for yeah. other people. Yeah. They're just they're like, oh yeah, you know, we really like uh, coffee and Shaft and <laughs> these other like Superfly. Let's let's put some characters that are homages to those yeah. characters in this story. Because at the same time, they have they have so many Western figures. Yeah, and... those three old men that are obviously oh, the, 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 those horned dogs. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. Yes, we built like it was. We built that fence like there was no tomorrow, <laughs> or whatever the line. I can't remember the line. Um, yeah, and they're in. Yeah, they're there are they are as much a stereotype of old dirty men as you know. I wonder if that might be me like an offhand reference to like grumpy old men. Um, I mean, maybe, or just that's what old guys do. They hang yeah. around, play checkers, and ogle younger people and talk about how things used to be good when they were young. 
I um, thought it was like a like a, that's like a trope in westerns though, right? Uh, kind of sure. like the peanut gallery of like the yeah, old dudes. Yeah, like the, the the chorus sort yeah. of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, kind of how I saw them, like a chorus. And you, you, you yes, you can. And I, and I almost feel like by by incorporating so many things and remixing them so drastically, you you remove them from their original context in a way that's uh, less. Uh, how do I want to put this? Well, you you look at the the character who's obviously a play on the Native American trope from yeah Westerns. the the that Indian character who but is he's he's not, a seer. He's not an Indian. We recognize what he's supposed yes. to be, but he's also not that. Well, because yeah, he's on Mars. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he's he's absolutely a reference to when you go into an oracle character right or like the we'll talk to the wise one mm-hmm. you know he'll know what to do and they like and he's yeah and like he makes he i think he like wonk and tonk and guide their spirit Whew, blows dust out of sand out of his hands yeah and, you know, you know uh, i always think about like um like they, the they, indiana jones movies mm-hmm. like the original ones they're all playing on super offensive tropes like you, you you couldn't make a, a story like Indiana Jones and take it seriously, but I don't feel like those movies do take themselves. Well, they're seriously. They're, yeah, they're supposed to be like pulp magazines. They know from... they know it's dumb. Yeah, I mean, I maybe maybe other people feel differently, but when I watch them. I know they're dumb. I watch them because they're so well directed and they're a lot of fun. And and, and Harrison Ford is so great in them. And uh, I, they, they they don't paint like they certainly like when you watch those films. They're not an accurate or flattering depiction of germans right. or or uh indians right right when they have in, in temple of doom like but they're also not trying to be and i i don't know maybe it's just me i feel like it's obvious that they're not trying to be they're just playing on these old serials from the 1940s that were you know racist or xenophobic or whatever yeah. and, and then it's hard to so like uh, and I, I guess that's huh. what I'm saying about Cowboy Bebop yeah. is by taking so many genres and mixing them up so much, you can kind of remove it from those offensive, toxic elements and make it into something new. I mean, you're not going to please everyone, obviously, uh, yeah, but I mean, sure. it's definitely a huge step up from having an, like, you know, an actual Native American be the wise old oracle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> and I get, I get, think they get away with that because it, it is it also is science fiction. You can kind of just like, well, it's. It's in the future, guys. Right. Things are things are different. Yeah. It's, it's not it's not present time. And you and which is I think there's like a conversation online about the race of the characters, right? That the people are like, "What is Spike White? Is he Japanese?" Like they never really talk about that, no. which is also satisfying. Uh, they yeah. could be anything, mm-hmm. you know. I think they... Jet, Jet could be, you know, Middle Eastern for all we know. He's got kind of a darker complexion. Uh, yeah. We got that really. Well, I think he's actually super pale but he has that very his features are so dark yeah um like yeah he could yeah that they don't ever talk about italian he could be who knows who cares because also a lot of people are from the it it certainly puts into perspective how we approach nationality and identity because they some people i'm from mars Mm -hmm. and what does that mean to us that it means nothing to to people like levi and myself like or anyone on earth presently no one's like i'm actually from mars and this depiction of people from, from mars, mars is, is really offensive, offensive. <laughs> because all we know is that mars is kind of for rich people but that doesn't that has nothing to do with race or nationality necessarily but they have their own identities 
but it's based on like planetary like oh yeah i'm from ganymede i'm from yeah. mars i'm from uh another whatever other yeah. moons of, of saturn or jupiter that they've established colonies on um and, I, think and, we, I think we've stumbled onto the secret of using old school tropes without offending people, and that's just to turn it into twist it into something completely. You read, you you set new he definitions. Set it, he set it in a new, a different universe, a different world. Like it's not Earth, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to. You don't owe responsibility to the, the cultures. I don't know. Yeah, no, like it, you, it, yes, it, it becomes less about like we have to do ac- right. accurate representations of these because we don't want to get letters from people. It's, well, no, they're from Ganymede. What do you know about people from Ganymede? And I don't know. And I'm sure they could make the argument like, well, we clearly people from Ganymede are Jewish. Yeah, are I, supposed to be, you know, there's we, also coded things yeah, like that. I'm but sure. that's, not to say that people, I, that I just, tossed out <laughs> yeah people that, that's not in the show but um but the people can make those those leaps if they want to but i think the show does a good job of just being just being fun yeah and and uh and it's because it's also not it's not a show that's about any of those things it's about characters it's about the plot it's uh um i mean it's bounty hunters in space you don't have to dig too deep into mm-hmm. this kind of thing and they don't want you to either i think um but we've gone way off on music Music is what we want to talk about when we yeah, first get in. Yeah, well. Um, um, but, I mean, I think that's just, uh, again, comes back to how good the music is in that show. Um, but it, it is, it's not it, just bebop. Like, the the compositions range from, like, very uh, folksy Western-type songs. Like, uh, I, I don't know the titles, but like, they're, they're acoustic guitar-driven with some slide in there. Um, a lot of whistle tunes um, for, like, with uh, when... Um, Oh, that cowboy character uh, Andy mm-hmm. comes in later. Uh, is sort of a foil to to Spike. Um, They're kind of mocking that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, he comes in. He comes with a whistle. You know. Yeah. You know. Anyway, um, and that's 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 fun, and it's uh, it's uh, it's self aware. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. all the music is very like it's it's very self. Aside from a couple pieces, like I keep re- re- referencing Ganymede Elegy. Um, but there's that sort of, it always reminded me of a Simon and Garfunkel song. Um, sorry, that doesn't do it. Or even like the closing song, real folk blues doesn't sound like anything Anything. else from the series. Yeah. It's a, it's just kind of a, like a, uh, it sounds like a rock anthem from the eighties. And it, I know people like that song a lot. It's probably my, one of my least favorite tunes that gets played frequently because it, it, it feels way too. Oh yeah, this is. Oh, that's right. This is an anime show, and they do kind of weird <laughs> renditions of rock music. Yeah, but the jazz stuff it nails it on the head. Like too good, too bad is awesome. Uh, Tank the opening theme I don't is know awesome. Any of the track names. Too good, too bad. Like you, you know that episode where um, they Spike gets his ship fixed, and it's the one with the space shuttle. Um, and uh, do you remember, like, where the, he goes, meets his, the guy who built his, the stinger or the stinger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's that, I always remember it being used very well. Like, it's the music, well, hold on, well, I'll insert it right here.
they can hear it. So that's what it sounds like. I know you didn't hear it, Levi, but the the audience will. Um, but I always remember it coming in right as like the they're like, "How are you gonna get up there?" They look over and like they then they, they cut to the, the the shuttle like the U.S. shuttle that you know the famously and it, it takes off and the music just pumping up and like because they're gonna use the shuttle to catch the sting as it's fallen from space. Do you remember that at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the mu- the music for it is it's it's good. It's yeah. good. <laughs> sorry, I, that was I really. Don't, I don't remember the music very well, but I'm sure it's good because yeah. all the music is great. <laughs> I'm sorry, that what a waste of time that might have been. Uh, people who have seen it, you know what I'm talking about. Um, and the music's it's it's a it's a good like, uh, and even the, the the movie has has some great music in it too. Um, but again, some kind of weird Americanized Japanese rock songs like the. Uh, but even that in Ask, Cowboy Bebop, it works well. Yeah, because the songs like "Ask DNA," uh, <laughs> "What's Up, Sweet Cakes." Remember the opening songs like "What You Gonna Do, Little Buckaroo?" Hey, you better ask a nice. Is that ringing a bell from the movie? Yeah, it's like with the, during the uh, opening sequence, the credits. When they're in the shop. Right after the right, right after when the, they're running away. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right after they're in the shop, and they have like they you see all these. Images of just like of city folk, oh, kind yeah, of living yeah. their city you know life. I know what I know. What, I yeah. remember what song you're talking about now. Yeah, it's, it's kind of coming a, back to me. It's kind of a weird little song. Oh, I'll insert a clip here. Do it then. Do it when. Do it now. What's up? Sweet cakes. Who's hip? Anyway, girls. Easy. And it's it's weird, but it's it's memorable. Like I I still remember it. I haven't listened to that song in I don't mm-hmm. know ten and that that long, but like eight years maybe. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that movie in a, I own the movie, but I haven't watched it in a long long time. Um, but it sticks it sticks with me um, because like that's that's not a conventional conventional song. Um, but I did listen to that soundtrack a lot when I was younger. Uh, but yeah, Yoko Kano is a composer, did amazing work, work. And I guess, I think the, the group she plays with is called the Seatbelts for that. Like all the, and so there's some good live recordings. That, like they do, they did some concerts and the live sets are, are great. Um, the music's all over the place. She's an amazing pianist um, and does like some medleys of some of those tunes. Um, and it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a it just it's so catchy it's so well executed um and it is so much a part of the show it is integral to like to think the show's charm as well not just the action the stories the characters but the music is something people just can't help but talk about and it does so much it does such a better job of of conveying of helping convey the meaning the 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 mood the mode the mood and the tone that they want to do than a lot of other shows you watch that have just like standard like i don't know i can't even remember what dragon ball z would have done for their music but it i remember i I don't remember it It i I know dragon dragon yeah that's a terrible but it it fits the show Mm -hmm. the music on dragon ball z definitely reminds me more of scores that you would hear in japanese movies mm. like it feels like a uh you know i can't help but think it sounds like power rangers like really guitar driven no it's no, not okay no it's, no, it's much better music. No, no, no. it's much better music but it definitely feels ripped from like an old kurosawa film or mm-hmm. something um well that's not that bad 
No, that's good. Um, <laughs> so, but a little, probably but it's a little like it's probably as far as symphonic. Japanese scores go, maybe a little bit generic to okay. what you would hear on other shows or movies. That's what I'm recalling, at least. I was really into anime as a kid, and I noticed that a lot of the music had similarities. I just, I guess, now I'm thinking, I don't remember much about it, which, which I'm sure means something that, mm-hmm. like, well, it didn't stick with me. That either means it it did its job and that it didn't distract. If they didn't want it to distract from the narrative, it didn't definitely didn't distract me from the narrative. Uh, but it wasn't memorable, um, well, which is sometimes their goal. I think yeah, but with Dragon Ball Z, I think really the highlight was just the animation. At least for American audiences, there just wasn't a, a show, an action cartoon on that had that kind of fluidity and that intense. Uh, those intense fight scenes. Oh yeah, no. Like, I rem- I remember I watched like the first season, and uh, aside from being kind of bored while people charged up, which is the biggest complaint I know. I right. Know. Um, we don't need to get into that. Uh, but yeah, no, like th- there's still something cool about charging, like that. It's the anticipation of the battle. Yeah. Um, that it's the the preparation for this is as important as the actual battle itself. Yeah. And th- and then when the battle happens, it's it's immense. It's it's balls to the wall, like it's on when Goku, steroid. When Goku goes Super Saiyan for the first time, you've been waiting for it, and it's for like a whole season, and it's worth the wait. The animation is well, now we're talking about Dragon Ball Z. It's uh, like we we talked we we did talk about Dragon Ball Z already, and it's it, if it's a part I, of the conversation, relevant. it's relevant. If it's a part of the conversation, it's a part of the conversation. Let's not deny. We're not. I don't want to say like no no no, fuck that. We're keeping on topic, and then you know whatever you know. It's it's about. It was my first anime, so I yeah. feel like it's relevant. I, I do too. Uh, well, and if it comes, like I said, it comes up, it comes up. Um, but you know, I remember that too, and I remember having fun. I I dropped DBZ because I just couldn't. I I got bored. I did eventually too. I think after the like the Cell Saga, that was okay, when I was yeah. like, yeah, I'm done with this. Everything. I think we grow out of things and get back into them potentially. But like, I remember just feeling very like I I and I think. Bebop was part of me feeling like I I grew out of Dragon Ball Z. It was like I was getting into better anime. Like even even like Trigun, which I'm not a huge fan of, but mm-hmm. I can appreciate that more than because DBZ just felt so um, I don't want to say infantile, but it felt juvenile. It felt like it's about these guys who just beat each other up. Yeah, and and that's cool. I mean, yeah, if you're like an eight year old boy, it's oh great. No, no, I'm I'm not arguing like the the sensibilities of an 8-year-old child to want to see aliens beat each other up. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um but I I I as I was aging, I definitely had like I I need more out of my my fist fights have to mean more than yeah, just Yeah, you know, I guess I, I kind of had some a similar experience, but I just assumed all anime was to some degree like Dragon Ball Z yeah. and stuff I had already watched. So I was like, yeah, um and what a narrow that's I think that's when people, I was maybe unfairly pigeonholing And I think anime. that's what people do with anime in general yeah. like they think it's all Pokemon or mm. it's all one thing when when it, it it it's just television. It's and and you can talk about it with the same fervor or the same disdain. And there's, there's definitely anime out there that lives up to the stereotypes, to oh, the negative stereotypes. It's the same with like American sitcoms. Sure. Yeah, there's plenty of shows out there that are willing to cater to the lowest common denominator, Absolutely. but just like any other medium, there's also stuff that rises above uh what you would expect or what a normal TV show can even accomplish, and I think Cowboy Bebop is definitely an example of that. I agree, and that's why I think it's a like when you you'd recommend I don't know if you was talking you're talking like watch The Wire or I, I mean I know that's again a cliche, but 
telling people like, yeah, there's good TV out there. Watch these yeah, shows because right. there's also bad TV. Sure. And like everything, there's good movies, there's bad movies, there's good. And of of course, it's all perspective, it's all taste, yada yada yada. But that doesn't mean that you should uh, dismiss an entire medium because you associate it with the two or three things that that you don't like. Um, but that doesn't mean all of it's bad. And I think, and I've always felt that a lot of people do that with anime because they don't want to be otaku's or they want to mm-hmm. be like nerds, and that's that's fine like i don't avoid sports because i'm worried about people thinking i'm going to be a jock i like baseball a lot i like watching baseball i like playing baseball like you know i enjoy exercise doesn't mean i'm Mm -hmm. a jock but it doesn't mean also like i would hate being called a jock doesn't mean that you're gonna like get in a fist fight with somebody over their team or something yeah i'm not gonna of course not gonna embody the most negative stereotype exactly um but that doesn't mean that 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 sports are bad right. or enjoying sports is bad um and i don't mean i know it's also an easy thing to like they, they those two have always felt like kind of polar opposites like oh you like sports you don't like anime you like anime oh you just don't get football it's just mm-hmm. one of those oh you, you ball stuff yay ball sports yeah. that kind of crap um and i think i think just people being um kind of petty about about not wanting to accept others' preferences because you know it goes back to identity. It goes it's back easy. to it's human nature. We we like things to be black and white. We right? sure do. We, we sure don't. Do. We don't want things. We don't want to think about what uh, the other group is is really think. We have this idea that's easy to just oh, dismiss. You, you paint a house a lot faster with a broad brush. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like I'm not saying I'm perfect. But I like baseball. I like Cowboy Bebop. Not you know it's right. And it's easy to do both because they're both. Did Cowboy Bebop ever have a baseball episode? I know that's. Oof, no, that that I can. They, I think they. Oh no, Shamrai Shampoo had a baseball episode. And they all, they, they. There's a little. I think in Philly Kalee, the way that she yeah. wields her yep. Rickenbacker base is often very. Well, Philly Kalee also has a lot of uh, references to Western culture. Jazz, um, and the Japanese do love baseball. Um, everybody loves. Not everybody. Everybody should love baseball. Um, the Ken Burns documentary, of course. That's all I'm talking about. I'm not talking about actual baseball, because uh, that's whatever. Um, no, I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, I think I think we. So Levi, yeah. Now that all has been said, would you uh, recommend? You'd recommend this to people. This is a party Absolutely that people would. should go to. And I would eagerly encourage, especially younger people who are like, man, this show looks old. What's it from? 1974? <laughs> um, no, it's not. And it's, I mean, maybe the animation it looks old compared. I mean, it doesn't have the dated, digital coloring yeah. that anime of like the last 15 years has, right? I think that makes it look dated to some people. But it's, it's lack of a... Sh- specific genre it's it's a willingness to embody so many different styles lends itself to more even if you're just on a superficial level if you, the animation in it's it great is it's incredible great. the music is incredible it doesn't have the necessarily the deepest story overall to it no but i think that but that doesn't that's not to say there's no depth there either um, um and it, cause I, I think it touches on a lot of it it touches on so many things without uh, whacking you on the head with them, yeah. and so well, sometimes I think it does. With at least with Spike's past being a little heavy-handed, but mm-hmm. but that's also a reference to 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 all the other to the right. genres that it's. It, th- it knows what it's doing, yeah. and it expects the audience to know yeah. what it's and, doing. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and yeah, so I, I would highly recommend it. Um, I, I don't think it's necessarily the best anime series of all time. I think it's one of those shows. I mean, maybe it's my it favorite. I, I think it's. I, I think it's the best. Be, I don't think it's a bad choice, but I do think it's a show that has a reputation that gets in its own way sometimes. I, I think people hear, "Oh, it's the best thing ever," and they've seen a dozen or so other animes, and they don't maybe don't appreciate that it came before those or that uh, it has its own unique qualities. So you're they, saying if you, if you're the type of person who has a who an anime fan or uh-huh. or a media fan like an art fan who has avoided this because of the hype, don't avoid it because of the hype. Yeah. Um, but don't let the hype like don't, don't let, let that inf- influence it. like watch it with your own eyes mm-hmm. um and cause I, i'm not gonna comp- well i am going to i'm gonna say like don't avoid the beatles or uh, other kinds of things because like oh everybody talks about them i mean and even though you, that's what you were saying earlier with like game of thrones mm-hmm. um but game of thrones is like a series i probably would not be that interested in anyway mm-hmm. but it gets recommended to me not because i would be interested in it but because everybody watches everybody it. watches it Whereas with Cowboy Bebop, I think if you like anime and you haven't watched it, I don't like if you. How can you not watch it? How could, you, I, I, how I was, could there not be stuff in it that you appreciate if you love anime? That's why I was when you were saying like these kids don't know it and they're anime fans. I just I they I, seem it, like posers to me. That, what's, I mean, a lot of them are probably more obsessed with anime than I am. It's hard. To, like, it's hard to not think that. When, how can you not like anything in this show? Or or when when you're a, a film buff or a music buff and you you seem to lack. Some of the, the the most and again, this is what I would consider to be like important things. Like, yeah, I'm a huge movie fan. Citizen Who, yeah, you know, not again easy. I've easy. never seen Wizard of Oz. <laughs> How do you, like, and sure, there are there's a ton of movies, a ton of anime. You can be a huge fan of these things and not have seen certain things, but it, it certainly seems odd when you do, mm-hmm. and it it seems deliberate. It's and and if to, to be unaware of it is odd. Um, not to say that these people you're talking about, they seem to know what it is. They just haven't watched it for. They a seem to. They don't know what era it came from. Uh, they, I just, I don't know. I just, I sensed not necessarily a harsh critique of it, but kind of a dismissiveness of it. And I think again, it part of it is that it just has such a overwhelmingly strong reputation, yeah. and that can always get in the way of absolutely can a future generation enjoying something that mm. was important. And it, and yeah, it's hard because kids are also kids. I'm 29 years old. Yeah, uh, that they they probably that it's again a part of establishing themselves. Like I don't want to watch. I choose not to watch yeah. this because I don't want to. You can't make me. And yeah. you know, those maybe, snobby older kids that were always on about Cowboy Bebop when yeah. I was watching Pokemon, whatever. I'm 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 into Inuyasha or yeah. Samurai Shampoo. I got a lot of I got a few people who were like Samurai Shampoo is vastly superior. And after watching both series and watching Cowboy Bebop again, I feel very much the opposite. They're both great series, but um, I definitely haven't seen enough of that to to make a comment on it, but I I I love the artistry in that show. Oh yeah, the music's great. Like, There's it's... a lot to love about that show, but it's by design more limited than Cowboy mm-hmm. Bebop is. It's more pigeonholed into a genre. Wait, he's a samurai. Yeah, right. It, yeah, the, there's two samurais. Oh. Twice. There's <laughs> two, and then there's the I don't remember their names. Um, but yeah, Gene and Mugen and uh, what's the girl's name? 
I wish I could help you, man. We could. We do but, have but a computer. The stories are, are, I feel, are tend to be more similar than Cowboy Bebop. There's not an alien episode, you know. Mm. There's not an episode where a character who's like the penguin from Batman, who throws bombs, shows yeah. up. Like <laughs> his his messed up genetic. It's still backstory. a fun show. They're great characters, but it's. Um, and they think they say that they love this show because it's their version of Bebop. I think they just grew up with it. Yeah. They grew up with it. They didn't grow up with Cowboy Bebop. They grew up with And, the, and, and that was one everybody was their age group was talking about, talking yeah. about how it's the best. And, and, and that always makes sense. Like there's a gener- like the next generation is always going to have the thing that they they glom onto. And that's... Yeah. I would honestly say if you like either of those shows, you should definitely watch the other one because they're mm-hmm. both good. That sounds fair to me. That's, that sounds yeah. like a, a good endorsement from Levi Smith whose opinion we all know yep. and we all value very much. So I think we're going to close out with that. See the show. Uh, this is Levi Smith, and thank you all for joining us for another episode. And thank you for having me on. Oh, no, Levi, it was a pleasure. And I'd love to see you come back again because you said there's lots of stuff that you I feel would like love late to. to. I'm always late. And he was he was late to the recording as well, so yep. it just seems, yep. it seems perfect. I'm anyway, consistent. I'd see you, Space Cowboy. Ha, 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 ha. Was a little Spanish bee, a record star, Dodi Bee. He heard of singers like Beatles, the chipmunks he's seen on TV. Why not a little Spanish bee?